0: Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Heppner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy Cunio. And today we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode because we're going to talk about one of those topics that we've been getting questions about. But first, I have so much traveling coming up and I didn't think about this before, but my sister's wedding, everyone, all of my family, all my friends are going to be there. So the first for the first time ever, I'm going to have to board my dog. How is Duke gonna handle that? Oh. I don't know. He's used I mean he he's lived with dogs. he's lived with cats like he's lived with a lot of other animals before um when I had roommates and stuff and then but he's always stayed like at my parents or he's stayed with a friend or so for the first time I'm actually gonna take him to he's probably gonna love it to be honest because someone's gonna constantly be paying attention to him because he loves attention but, oh. It's funny, though, when I take him to my parents, he never wants to get back in the car because he gets spoiled.
1: Well, that's so funny. So we have uh, Mila, our small dog. She's only like five pounds. Um, She doesn't know she's only five pounds. She thinks she's much larger. But we are so lucky that my parents will either watch her or my in-laws will watch her. And now it's like a package deal, like, hey, can you take my dog and kids? So sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with the kids because that seems to be a little bit more exciting for the grandparents, but we're like, hey, can you watch our kids this weekend?
0: By the way, Mila will be there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be joining.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I've got my, uh, I've got a couple trips just planned this uh, later this year and one of those is I'm leaving the country, but Glacier will not be going with me. So I had to find a, a, a special place to take her because my family are not close enough to take care of her. So I had to find a professional that would be taking and boarding Glacier for me for a week. And that, it's a huge process of trying to find somebody you can trust somebody because these are not an ordinary dog. Mm-hmm. These are a specially trained dog, and they need, they need some attention, too. And so you got to find the right one. And sometimes that's a difficult procedure to do. And Thank God I finally found one and uh, they do a great job with her.
0: Yeah. So, Timothy, what is that like? Because obviously if you're going to be gone, do you trust someone to, you know, walk with her, you know, work with her a little bit to get to keep her skills up? Or is it just a vacation for her too?
2: It's basically a vacation for her. She gets to take the week off, which, you know, I'm a little nervous about that. But, you know, these dogs, they maintain all their all their skills, you know, it'd it take a good while for them to start forgetting it. But the lady I found, I found on an app and, uh, she works for, a, uh, Petco, a place where all, you know, that's dog and cats and all that places. And she works for a veterinarian too, a part time. So I found her and, uh, I look at her background, all her reviews of other people and I chose her and, and we've used her once or twice already now, and it's been a great, great experience with her. And I, for me to leave my dog with you, I have to really trust you, and uh, I trust her a whole lot. And every time I come back, they they don't want to let her go home. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to say, no, wait a minute, I got to go home. I really need her. <laughs> yeah. So we we have a little argument about that, but we booked her for another one this October, and they they can't wait to see her. They they love her.
1: Aww. I'm sure that's a stressful situation, right? Because you do want to make sure that people understand this isn't just a typical pet dog, right? This is a service animal, and, you know, they have certain rules and certain toys and things they can and cannot do. Um, so did you have to, like, do an interview? Did you—how did you pass along all that information? Yeah, the
2: first time we met her, we went to our, their house. I looked at the, the her house, and it's a back-end fence and backyard, which was great. That's an important thing. And I told her, look, this is what she can do can't have certain size toys no and don't feed her any table scraps she's got to eat this certain food these certain treats she's on a set time I mean it's just it, it for her to accept Glacier with all the rules and and she did it and it, it, you got to be very thorough about it because these dogs are like I said not an ordinary dog you just got to make sure they're going to be taken care of well
0: yeah, that is so interesting because I didn't think about that. I was just like, "Oh shoot, no one in my family can watch my dog. I'm just gonna go to, you know, my dog can go to an average boarding place," whereas I'm sure she couldn't be around that many because, you know, those dogs are trained. My dog is not trained. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's. Tra- I mean, he is trained, but not trained to that extent. Um, but yeah, I, I would have never thought of that. And so you said you've used her a couple of times already. So you're ready for this next trip.
2: Oh, yeah. I contacted her this week for a trip in October. And Glacier loves going over there because there's like a four-year-old little girl there. And Glacier loves kids. So yeah. they get to the play all all week and and they they have a ball. And so, I mean, it's a great little situation for Glacier and the family and they adore Glacier and they cannot wait to see her again in October. But you got to really put like I said put a big trust in these people. So you really need to check them out thoroughly, reviews if they got any. I just don't hand my dog over to anybody. And I don't want to put her in a kennel at a vet veterinarian because she'll be caged yeah. the entire week. And she might get out two or three times a day for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and I just couldn't imagine my dog being caged up like that. And so she gets the roam of the house, and sometimes in the backyard they get to play ball. So she's more relaxed with a personal, uh, private house lady, and she does a great job, her and her husband, and her, her, her child.
1: That's awesome. I'm sure that relieves a lot of stress, um, knowing that she's in a good place with somebody that you can trust, who knows and understands the importance of the guidelines and rules that she has to follow. Um, because I think so many times, it's like with kids, right? When I send my kids to uh, either set of grandparents, right? It's cookies, it's Cheetos. It's, it's like all the things, which is fine, right? Because they're, they're grandma and grandpa, or i and papa, that's what they get to do. Um, but there are rules. And so it is important that you're setting and with somebody who can understand that and not just kind of take it as, like, a, a little free-for-all.
2: What's great is she sends me a picture every day of Glacier. <sighs> every day I get a picture of Glacier, so I know that she's doing great. And I always miss that little face when I see her. Yes. So I miss my dog when I leave her, but... uh I, it's better where she's at than where I'm at. Trust me for a dog.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that that also goes into the factor of is a guy dog right for me because you don't think about that. Like you can't take the dog on every trip, you, like you're going out of the country, going on a flight like that for a dog would be a lot. I mean, um, every time. I mean, i sure it can be done, um, but those are factors that you really have to think about too. Is how often do I travel? Can I tra- You know, can I take the dog every time? All of that sort of stuff.
2: I could take her to where I'm going, but I believe, in my personal opinion, that I'm going to Mexico. And I just think that, for me, I, I think she'll be more relaxed at home, a little less stressed. I'll be a less, little less stressed, and she'll have a ball where she's at. And you know what? I'll just get my cane out, and I'll take care of myself for those five days so she gets a little break, too. So it's just in your situation what you want to do. And uh, to me, it, it'll be better off her just staying home.
1: And it can be really expensive making sure you have uh, and are up to date on all the vaccines and things like that when you're traveling to different countries and the rules and honestly, the different cultural backgrounds of the acceptance and and understanding of service animals can be different from country to country. So knowing that uh, going into it and what's the best call.
2: Not every country has an ADA, and a lot of countries don't allow dogs into the restaurants and in their stores and stuff, and they can deny you going in there. Mm-hmm. And some of them let you do, but a lot of them don't. So they don't have to follow the rules they do here in the United States, and that's something I do uh, put in, you know, in, in into my decision. And if I'm going to the beach, would Glacier like going to a beach on a hot beach? No, she wouldn't. And and then the limits on what I can do wherever I'm going because if she can't do, then I can't do. So, I mean, it'd just be better off for both of us. She'll be where she is, and I'll be where I'm at. And she's perfectly fine with that, and I'll suffer. I I probably miss her more than she misses me. (laughs) So, uh, she's fine. And you just need to make that decision and just sit down, do the pros and cons of that trip.
1: Well, and I'll rest easy knowing that your cane is getting all that use. (laughs) Yeah. And you're going to be practicing all those skills. I'm going to sleep better that week just knowing all of that cane (laughs) use that's going to be happening.
2: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll break that thing out, I guarantee. <laughs>
0: I was waiting for Leslie to
2: comment on that. I was waiting. <laughs> it's always about the
0: cane. It's
1: always about Leslie. the cane. It always comes back to the cane. I don't know if you guys have noticed. But um, another thing that when, Christina, we first started talking about this, uh, Christina mentioned, would you have somebody, like, use Glacier and maintain her skills? So I am I would like to talk about that a little bit more as to why or why not that would be a good idea to give somebody the harness to work I... your dog.
2: Don't think it would be a good idea because it's not like a car. Anybody can drive a car. Not anybody can drive a dog. Absolutely. And it's, I don't think Glacier would like it. She's only been held to me, to me, other than the trainer, I've been the only person she's worked with. And I don't think she would like it. And she would be confused. And I don't want to add any confusion to the dog. Now I these I know you guys have ambassador dogs mm-hmm. and they do little you know yeah samples totally different yeah. it's <laughs> totally different this yeah. dog is used every day with one person and that is it now if something ever happened. I don't think I would allow anybody to even try it. So, no, I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that factor when I asked that question. I was just honestly curious, like, oh, do you know, how long can this dog remember these skills? I mean, they are very smart, highly trained dogs. I mean, our can ambassadors, which are basically our, um, we can take these dogs to events. They can be pet. They were career change leader dogs, um, but they can still act as a leader dog so when we do blindfold walks that sort of stuff um people like use these dogs but i didn't think about that too that they pick it up right just like that so i mean then they probably sometimes go months yeah um but yeah i never thought that that is very interesting i'm glad he brought it back up because i i didn't know
1: Right. So you wouldn't, you know, when you drop Glacier off to uh, this person who's watching the dog, you're not going to bring her harness the because harness there will be no need. Yeah.
2: The harness stays with me. The only thing that goes with her is the leash and the food and her worm. Yeah. And that's the only thing that's left. Her worm? <laughs> what is that? Well, it's that six foot worm. She loves it. She loves it. <laughs> she <laughs> it. She sleeps with it. She plays with it. Uh-huh. Everywhere. She dusts my floor with it. She's good at that. But yeah, we call it the worm. It's a big caterpillar with all okay. the <laughs> colors. I on.
0: was like Timothy or worm. I thought she had a pet worm all of a uh, sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess you know, she... sometimes have the kids have their blankies. Oh, you know, Glacier's got a worm. Glacier's <laughs> got a worm. Got a worm.
2: And her diaper bag. Her diaper bags left there too. So. Yes, right. Of course. And of we've course. talked about
0: that diaper bag before. Yes.
2: I just don't see why it would be a good idea to let somebody try my dog. And I, trust me, some people ask. And I tr- no. Yeah. And I just, no, I don't hand over my keys to my dog. I can't
1: do that. I loved your example, though, right? Like, everybody can drive a car who drives cars. Um, They're pretty much universal. They're all the same. It's okay. Uh, But, yeah, your guide dog is personal to you. She's been guiding you. She knows how to guide you personally. And the Canine Ambassador dogs that we use, their whole job, their experience is guiding with random people and different people all the time. But I will say, right, when I'm doing a a blindfold walk, which is basically for us when we're providing an experience of what it might be like to travel with a guide dog. So when we do events, um, we'll ask people if they want to put on a blindfold and kind of walk with a guide dog just to give a very, 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 very small glimpse of what it's like to work with a guide dog. We know it's nothing actually in comparison to really doing it. However... Um, It gives a little idea of of the independence factor there and that these dogs are incredibly talented and can do these things, but when we're working with our uh, canon ambassadors, we do assist them a lot. So they, because they aren't doing it regularly, and it's often with different trainers or different people like myself. Um, so yeah, I usually take a couple run-throughs, practice it a little bit, make sure we're all on the same page with what the expectations are, because uh, yes. they don't know when they're with different people. Whereas Glacier knows, right? Yeah. You put the harness on her, she's ready to go. She's ready to guide you.
0: Yes, and there is always a trainer, somebody holding the dog's leash just in case. Just in case, yeah. <laughs>
1: It is fun, though. I will say um, we have, I think, 13 canon Ambassadors right now, and it is great to take them out and to to see that they really do still maintain these skills. Not quite as advanced, obviously, as Glacier, but that they can do these walks to provide a little bit of an example of what it is like um, for people traveling with a guide dog, which I think is really helpful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's what got me addicted when you took me there that Friday and they gave me that dog. And I... Oh, my. Oh, it was great. I got to have one of these.
1: Yeah. So that's like another example of when we use these canine ambassadors is sometimes our O&M clients who come in are interested in a guide dog. Like, Timothy, you were kind of interested and you wanted to learn a little bit more. Uh, um, And so it made sense as part of our training that on that last Friday, we did a dog walk. And so we walked with a guide dog so you could get an experience and an idea of what it's like to see if this is something you want in the future.
2: It's different I mean you got to pace, you got to walk you got to know the commands and they give you a little sample a little you know give it what you, what you got to do and how you hold the harness and how you hold the, the leash with the harness and it just gives you a little taste of it and that just that little bit can make your decision yay or nay and I pet yes and I'm glad you guys gave me that opportunity.
1: Yeah, and it's important to know we don't always do the dog walks. It really depends on the client and their goals and if it's appropriate or not with their skills. Um, But it is a really nice way to kind of test drive it, if you will, and get an idea. Because some people have the opposite impact. They walk with a dog and realize, oh, my gosh, we've taken away a lot of tactile information. Um, and they realize maybe this isn't for me. I don't actually like it. So it can go one of two ways. Most times we do find that people really enjoy it because it does go a little faster and you don't know, get stuck in as many things. But um, it really can go either way. So it's I'm, nice to give people the opportunity. <laughs> uh, see, I
0: see. You got to listen to the way Leslie is saying that too. You know that she's like, No, the white cane. (laughs)
2: cane. Yeah, but the cane doesn't give you a kiss every night. Uh, Carlos up to you. You could put a sticker with lips on the cane. Oh, Oh, gosh. Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna come up with mine with some stickers all over. I'll show it to you now.
0: Listen, you can
1: be dazzle the cane. I will say. So we had camp, you know, not too long ago, and so many campers had different color canes, like yellow canes, pink canes, blue canes. They had stickers. They had beads. They, I mean, they really were like personalizing their canes, yeah. which is pretty cool.
0: Get one to match an outfit. Every outfit, it's empowering, right? I mean, we can go yeah.
1: back and talk about why the white and red cane is—it's probably accessory. the most important. And right. I, that's a whole other subject that probably people don't want to hear about. But <laughs> uh, color canes are now a thing, and it's—I think it's cool because it is really empowering people, and yeah. they're taking a little bit more pride in that device. It becomes a part of who they are. Yeah, love that.
2: Well, they should do that. I mean, that's their opportunity to be who they want to be.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, all this to say that I am so glad you have found somebody that you can leave Glacier with and that you trust. And obviously, there was a lot of time and effort and thought and everything that went into that. So what a relief. I'm glad that Glacier will have a good place to go when you're out traveling the world with that beautiful white cane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. Well... Thank you guys all so much for listening to this shorter episode. It was very insightful for me too, because honestly, I've never had this conversation before. And I really actually had a lot of questions that I didn't know I had before. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yes,
1: thank you, Timothy, for sharing that. And again, we're so glad that you found somebody. Thank you to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with host Timothy Cunio and Christina Hepner. We hope you enjoyed today's short episode. Please do join us next week as we continue to dive into the world of blindness.
0: Yes, and if you'd like to learn more about applying to leader LeaderDog, you can head to LeaderDog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at at leaderdog.org with any questions or ideas. And if you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcast stream.